Here goes. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. Tech Dorks. Welcome to the Tech Dorks Podcast, where I, Rob Swindell, and my Canadian friend, Stephen Hurd, discuss things interesting to us and maybe to you, the listener. This show is an unscripted, unedited, unprofessional look into what interests Stephen and I. The only subjects off limits are the three W's, wives, work, and wonder bread. If you don't know the difference between Voltage and Voltaire, then this show may not be for you, but still, we hope you enjoy. Yeah. So it's been a while. Yeah. Well, today, okay, this is, it's uh, almost April 8th here on the West Coast. It is April 8th here on the, uh, I don't know, Midwest, Atlantic I guess? Side? The the Eastern Midwest, I think. Yeah, North Midwest. Northeast Midwest. And this is hopefully episode 19. Yeah, unless you mess it up again. Right. Right. So it's been a long time, like two years since... Um, we published an episode. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit less than two years since we tried to re- to produce one, record one, and produce one. Right. Um, Just tell me. I actually have no memory of that because it was too long ago. Yeah, we um, we were on a good roll there. I didn't even realize we'd put out so many episodes until recently. <laughs> I looked back and I was like, "Wow, we really did that many." Yeah, people people who are just starting now to listen, who have to go back and listen to all of them. Wow. Like, you're, if you're going to binge Tech Dorks, you're going to need a couple bottles of wine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, like yeah. 18 hours of free time. Yeah. So we recorded an episode, you know, which is kind of exerting. And then w- when you're all done, <clears throat> go back to produce it. And it had been a little while. So at that point, you know, we were a little out. I was a little out of practice on the producing side. And right. it turns out I had only recorded your audio and the and the audio from the PC. Well, and that's my really voice was totally all, all you need. I mean, that's the important part. Right? Well, if it was, then we would have you know produced the episode that way. And you say we like really I do it. anything yeah. in production. I would. What I do no, is no, no, I go to sleep bust. and you do the production. Yeah. And I trust you, or I used to trust you. We'll see. Here's your opportunity to rebuild. So here's the big punchline from that lost episode. I'm going to oh. play it for you. Okay. And then uh, he put my, my head inside of his toilet, which I will admit I was okay with doing with do, with him doing that at the time. But then... <laughs> but then, and it, like, it, it actually stopped at that point. So, hold on. How, how did you have that? Because that's clearly not something I said. What do you mean? That's not your voice. Right, exactly. You said you only had my recording of my audio. No, no, no. That and, was the sound that, clip that I played. Uh, how do you know? You d- you don't have re- any evidence. No, I don't. But I remember, and that that was that was <laughs> a a snippet that I clipped uh, mm. just for the show. And to me, maybe that was did, like maybe that was like the big you know funny p- bit. So you're really looking forward to playing that and and having us comment on it. No, not really. I just thought, man, I put all that work into it. I thought it was so funny at the time. <laughs> but at least I must resurrect that. Mm. So, so uh, a lot of things have changed since we last mm. recorded an episode. Wow, yeah. And Boy, um, howdy. One thing I, I, I thought was sort of um, ironic, I guess. Our no. first episode that we recorded, um, I played for you this uh, coding tutorial from another podcast 
or okay. webcast or whatever they. Uh, I, I vaguely have. Some yeah, it's like, it's like on C programming, yeah. and it was it was right. really bad. And we made uh, fun of it. Yeah, yeah, we made fun of it, and they but they also talked about interviews. Like that was kind of the beginning of their. They were touching on interviews, and and you started kind of going off on. On interviews, and that wasn't really what I. The reason for me. Oh playing yeah, it, because how they interview in the computer. Yeah, thing it was part of that bullshit. podcast. Yeah. yeah, and you were. Can like, I say bullshit on this? Yes, yeah, sure. I can. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. All right. And you you brought up the uh, what you called it the Fubar test at the time. Oh, Fubar, yeah. And you know, and I, and I was like, okay, I don't, uh, I don't really know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, well. Since then, mm-hmm. um, I lost my job mm-hmm. <laughs> and started interviewing other places and kind of went through that whole, you know, uh, gearing up for interviews and, right. and actually and, studying to pass for stuff that you're never going to do except in interviews. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like proving that, you know, I can and do the job that I've been doing for 25 years. Well, no, no, no. Proving that you can answer stupid questions with stupid answers. Anyway, Sometimes. carry on. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. Well, that it's it's actually called the fizz buzz test, which you called the FUBAR test. It was that, you know, okay. where you write a loop, you know, one to a hundred. And if the number right. is evenly divisible by three, you print mm-hmm. fizz. You said foo. Uh, if it's five, then you print bar. If it's both, then you print FUBAR or something like that. Anyway, it's actually called the FizzBuzz test, and it's uh, it's um, infamous for being stupid. It's a stupid test, uh, <laughs> but apparently some people can't write that code, even though they claim to be programmers. Uh, you know, it's a, kind of a well, ridiculous thing. Well, or people thing. can't write it on a whiteboard when people are, you know, you. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. Uh, nobody ever asked me. Nobody asked me that interview question. I would never ask anybody else that question, but I just thought it was kind of funny because it comes up a lot when you uh, research interview Bullshit questions. Interview questions? Sure, yeah. any interview questions for programmers. Uh, that test comes up a lot, and I'd never heard of it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is that thing that Stephen talked about on the podcast. And <laughs> are, anyway. you, are you sure I said FUBAR? Like, did you actually yeah. go into the archives and confirm? Yeah. Did yeah, you? you called it the FUBAR test. No. Okay. Which maybe it is in, in some circles that's – the terminology they use and they, they ask well, you in to my circle it certainly bar. is yeah but it's it's more, more known more widely as fizzbuzz yeah as, as soon as you mentioned it i was like yeah totally because that's what like joel or whoever he was said it was good and so everyone started doing it that's a horrible stupid test like joel yeah. on programming or something is his blog he's, he's actually a pretty good guy most most of his stuff makes sense but yeah uh, Joel on software. Joel Spoisky? I don't know. I'll check anyway. it out. I'll check yeah, it out. He, it, he's a, actually a blog pretty, or something? Yeah, he, he runs a little software company, and, uh, you know, he's had a lot of blog things, and a lot of his stuff is really good. You know, it it was just... Some of his stuff is, is not. Well, I did a lot of uh, prep. Uh, I interviewed it... Um, I, know, I lost count the number yeah. of companies, including all the big ones you know, SpaceX, etc. <laughs> um, oh, you know, are we not mentioning people who aren't actually funding our podcast? So, <laughs> just companies. It's not bad. I just you know, <laughs> you sign non-disclosures and stuff. I don't know. SpaceX oh, gave me a whole lot of you, you, uh, seriously. They, they you signed non-disclosures to say that you never interviewed there. No, 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 no. Oh, I don't, okay, I don't, I don't recall what I signed. 
Because <laughs> I, I know you're not supposed it. to tell them what you yeah. what what interview questions you were asked and you right. know how you did or whatever. Yeah, because it'd know. be really weird to say no. You can't. We're not hiring you, so please don't pretend you interviewed here. We'd like to put that behind us now. I don't know. <laughs> it was clearly a dark time. <laughs> SpaceX <laughs> history. I, of SpaceX. I, I did like a month's worth of work for for, <laughs> for SpaceX just to you know mm-hmm. get the uh, possible. But it was cool, though, because it, it was stuff you can't talk about, and it was cool stuff. Yeah. And it was uh, yeah. very, it was related to ham radio. I remotely. thought you couldn't talk about it, man. <laughs> Gee, now you're going to get sued by Elon Musk. Yeah, I doubt it. But they gave, they gave me a lot of gear when I left, so I've got, like, SpaceX shirts and... <laughs> wow, they give me a consolidation prize. That's... And they do. Yeah. Wow. That's nice. Maybe I should have interviewed places. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you got swag. I only one, yeah. only one place gave me swag, and, and I also changed jobs. Yep, since the last podcast, but I just changed jobs. I didn't do the whole get fired and go looking or anything. Well, so yeah, it, it, yeah. It was. I mean, I was at. Uh, we were both at the same company, and yep. I've been there for sixteen years. You've been there for ten years, I think, ten or eleven, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so it's a huge life change, but, um, I ended up, you know, going somewhere where I didn't have to move. So I didn't have to take my kids out of school and, you know, move. Right. Whereas whereas for me, moving was like one of the bonuses to quitting my job. It it was like, Hey, now I can go live somewhere else. This is great. (laughs) Well, you don't have family here. I do. Right. I don't anymore. I mean, I, I had family there, but I moved them with me. Yeah. Yeah. I meant like other like extended family. Yeah, you've got Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. But, you know, when when you convinced me to move down there, I was living near my family and then you convinced me to move away from my family. So, yeah. That wasn't my motivation. <laughs> it it was that I sweet like... bonus you got for referrals, right? <laughs> Smart RSUs. <laughs> oh, I probably did. Mm. Not actually RSUs, no. Cash, I think. Oh wow! Yeah, how much did they pay you for me, Rob? I don't remember. <laughs> did they? Did it wasn't RSU you... something. Oh, okay. Did uh, they put you in the drawing for the big screen TV? Yeah. Not for that. I did get a big screen TV working there. Huh. there all kinds of giveaways like that, cool huh. stuff. Before anyway, the big acquisition. Yeah, but yeah, I moved to Michigan, Grand Rapids area, and it's great. I love it. Cool. So far. I mean, yeah. Even though you're like 100 miles from Flint? Is that what you said? Something like that. Yeah, that sounds There's no right. lead in your water there? Oh, it probably is. But, you know, I'm already I'm already a violent criminal, so, you know, it's not going to hurt me. <laughs> you can defend yourself? Right. I mean, that's what I meant. You know, America's rubbing off on me. I got guns and shit now, so. No, you I'm don't. Good. What do you mean, no, I don't? Do I had really? guns when I lived in Canada. Why would I not have guns here? I don't know. I didn't think you had any guns when you lived in California. No, why would I have guns in California? I don't know. But you it's do just now. dangerous. I would, I would be yeah. like shooting people all the time. Mm. Whereas here I can shoot things that aren't people. It's fun. Yeah, I did go shooting a few times when I was in California. With Tom. You met Tom. <clears throat> Doesn't ring a bell. Which Tom? The old guy? Oh, at a party at your house? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he took me shooting anytime I cared to go. I'd just call him up and say, hey, Tom, you want to go shooting? He's like, yes, I want to go shooting. So then we go shooting. 
Cool. Like but, uh, like handguns or rifles? Uh, or? Shotguns. Shotguns. It's yeah. like trap and skeet. And yeah. That's whatnot. fine. That's that's That takes skill. Yeah, I guess. To, to be good at it. I mean, yeah. it doesn't take skill to just go and spray lead at things that fly no. past unharmed. No, no. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's still fun, though. Yeah. I'm not I'm not that good at it, but I've, you know, had had uh periods of success. Um oh. went on a on a um roll. No. Uh <laughs> a cruise ship when I was like eighteen and they had I, I'm sure they don't do this anymore, but they were shoot uh skeet off the back of the cruise ship. Why would they not do that anymore? I don't know. It just seems like dangerous to hand people shotguns in around you know, in a crowded area on a boat. <laughs> but they did. And, uh, you know, I, I think I won or took second place anyway. Wow. You know, yeah. of course on a cruise ship, everyone's drunk. So you were probably the only sober one there. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think the people I was competing with were drunk and it was like in the middle, it's like noon, but I suppose there's plenty of drunk people around that time. Uh, yeah. Hopefully they, they, they weren't handing the drunk people the gun. Why not? Yeah. But it was cool. Cause they're, they'd fly off. And off the back of a cruise ship, which is really high up, it's like shooting off the back right. of a building, you know, like, right. uh, you got, you know, a lot of time, <laughs> um, but they're, but, but the cruise ship, the ship's moving away from where the, where they call them doves or whatever, the, the clay doves, pigeons. you know, pigeons, pigeons whatever. Yeah. So they're like falling and, going, pigeons, and getting so. further away. I mean, it's a little bit more challenging than, than shooting. A, I, you know, I don't think that's online. accurate. What? That they're called? No, no, that that the fact that you're in motion makes the slightest bit of difference at all. Well, you're getting further away, like the longer you wait. Right, but that, that's what happens when they fly anyway, right? You launch them, yeah. and the, say you launch them backward at 60 feet per second. It doesn't matter if you're doing eight knots or whatever. They're still moving backward from you at 60 feet per second. It's just that the height is the only thing that would change. I suppose. You know, you could be sitting still, yeah. it would be exactly the same. Well, usually they shoot from like left to right, though, across your your vision. So it still makes no difference. Yeah. Well, no, in this case they weren't. They're shooting it like straight back. You know what I mean? So oh, so it's like... super easy. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean it it stays in one place. I mean it, it just really, goes no. up a bit and They're then not, down no, a bit. No, it's no, not... no, 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 no. They were it was moving a bit from you know. Oh, changing the story. No, no, it was yeah. super hard, and I did really yeah. great. I, I get yeah. it. That's fine. For not owning a shotgun and not really right. having any experience, I impressed yeah. my father and myself. But yeah, <laughs> uh, very soon I will actually be firing a pistol for the first time in my life. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's on things I want to do while I'm in the United States is fire a pistol. <laughs> Where's that video you sent me? I don't. I don't know. No, no, no! I gotta look it up. Uh, what was it called? Um, I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, well, last time we talked, you had been drinking. What? Wouldn't it be fun if everyone had a gun? Oh, like wouldn't it be great if everybody had a gun? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah. Uh, that was a song I sent you. It just happened to be in video form. Wouldn't it be great if everybody had a gun? That's one. Yeah, it's a great song. Is this Canadian? I think so. I think it's arrogant words. Wouldn't it be great if everybody had a gun? Yeehaw! <laughs> See, you love it. Yeah, okay. I think that I think that's arrogant worms. Um, but it might not be because it doesn't quite sound like them. But it's probably them. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yep. 
They're awesome. All their stuff is good. I mean, yeah, I, I, I made you listen to Rippy the Gator. I sang along. I remember this. Don't worry. I, I wasn't that drunk. Okay. <laughs> you recall. I Like, I remember it. How drunk could I have been? Not only was it authentic frontier gibberish, it expressed a courage little seen in this day and age. Oh, did was that on there? What? <laughs> the rah, rah. No, I put it there. Oh, okay. Who it might have been on there too. That? Rah, rah. <laughs> rah, rah. <laughs> so did did you have any? Has anything happened in the last two years that you know we might want to cover on this on this podcast? Oh yeah, of ours. Let me see. I I did. Uh, I've been like polling people for questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I set up a Google voicemail box. Ooh, fancy. So we got a couple of messages I think we need to listen to. Uh, here, to. Uh, okay, so here's, okay. A, here's a written question but, uh, regarding Synchronet. Oh, very well. Uh, from Den on Outwest PBS. Uh, he says, okay, one thing I don't know much about is Baja. I would love to hear you guys going over the basics of Baja and its uses. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, all right. Let me let me take this one, Rob, and then right, you can right. just you can just correct anything. You go. All right. So Baja is the uh, Rob's first shitty little language that he wrote for Synchronet version two, and everything was like translated to Baja. And today, the only thing you use Baja for there's two things actually. So you you write a little stub that launches your JavaScript, or <laughs> you do FTP, and <laughs> That's it. Other than that, it's, it's just garbage, and you should never learn it. Ever. Is that well, about right? The command shells are still written in... I mean, the default command shell is still written in... Bah. Just, be, just because rewriting it is a pain in the butt. I know, because I've literally done that. Yeah. Yeah. It's but the thing is, is, is that yeah. uh, Digital Man the author of Synchronet won't actually test the JavaScript rewrite of the classic shell and fix it. And he's the only one who actually knows how it's supposed to act, right? There's lots of little details that nobody has a clue about. Like, for example, I remember I remember when I first wrote classic shell.js, there was like, that's supposed to be white. <laughs> and it's yellow. <laughs> it's light gray. <laughs> and it's like, it's what? Supposed to be white. Okay. <laughs> Stuff like that are things that you know. And then there's like weird keys that are supposed to work sometimes and control yeah. things. And I, nobody knows what's supposed to happen. So right. in, in order for it to, in order for the default shell to change, um, yeah. And honestly, it's bad JavaScript. I mean, don't look at it because the attempt was to behave exactly the same as the Baja one. It wasn't an attempt to write a good shell. It was attempt to rewrite well, the Baja one. Right, and you also, you were trying to do it without modifying the, the Synchronet executable itself. So you weren't making any changes to, like, the C, C++ code uh, to accommodate right. the needs the, of a the, shell. The attempt was to show that it was possible yeah. to have the same thing in JavaScript. And there's still, like, four or five things that don't work, but that's a fine because nobody ever uses them. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I don't use that shell. So when, when I, if and when I do, I will discover what doesn't work. Okay. So anyway, the yeah. best thing to do with Baja is to forget it. Right. 
If you currently know Baja, you you should not. Yeah, it's it's just a weird uh, ad hoc language um, that, funny enough, has to be compiled to hmm. be interpreted. Right. Um, although uh, you did write a unbaja. Right, and uh, I actually which, started writing a Baja interpreter in JavaScript. Right, that could be done as well. So y- yeah. you wrote something that will that will parse. You wrote it in C. Yeah, Unbaja is written in C. It'll it'll parse a bin file, which is like a compiled Baja, and convert it back into kind of like source code, something that can be recompiled. Right, uh, it using, is source code. Baja. It's just not really readable. Yeah, it uses uh, non-obvious variable names and functions or what I guess well, it, it, it gets them right if they're short right it does a, it does a brute force attack up to like six characters or something I think actually I think you can specify it on the command line so it will recover variable names if you let it work hard enough wow because yeah. the variables are what CRCs <laughs> yeah it's something like that so so it actually yeah. you know brute forces <laughs> them which which can be interesting yeah <laughs> Well, anyway, so, and I think you you created that because there were some mods out there, Baja mods, uh, that were compiled, and and the the author did not release the source code, and maybe uh, they were restricted in some way, or you couldn't be mod you couldn't modify them without the source code, so you you created unbaja to right, convert there, it back to source some, code. So that that was because at the time, um, and probably still today, uh, Baja is not actually cross platform. Because the the directory separator and file name stuff, you know, like this the same script would use upper and lowercase file names and expect it to work, uh, stuff like that. So in order to port Baja stuff to Unix, <laughs> I had to unBaha it. Wow, I and, don't remember and that. And then at all. make a couple changes. I think you just patched the bin file. Well, you could you could do that for some of the stuff, but other stuff you couldn't. So mm-hmm. yeah, that that was kind of the the reason was to port some old modules to to Unix stuff. Oh, I thought it was because you, you were using like or somebody wanted to um, like crack or modify Smeg's uh, no, modules. No, modify it so that they worked on Unix. Oh, okay. That, that was that, that was the modification. It was the Unix port, which you know I just looked for like file name stuff. There was one or other one or two other things. And, yeah. It's, it, yeah, yeah. I, I, Baja is is nearly dead. Um, it's definitely on the chopping block and and will go away uh, at some point. And then, as soon as know, someone writes an FTP client for JavaScript, I will fly to California and I will make Rob support <laughs> JavaScript shells, <laughs> and then we'll be done. Yeah, I mean this. Yeah, yeah. That's that's probably the one big redeeming factor it has uh or only redeeming factor is that uh you can uh there's that qnet ftp script which is still in in baja because right. there is a ftp client um in the uh in the bbs itself that it can be controlled or, or initiated from baja but not from javascript right and ftp is so terrible of a protocol it's almost as bad as telnet yeah, and so as a result, nobody's writing an FTP client in JavaScript. Well, I've started one. I, I, I've, I started I've started one. like six. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so it's, it's totally doable. It's right. just kind of nasty and not fun. And yeah, like, everything yeah, about it's already it something sucks. that works. Like I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna put all this work into the, to doing this, so it, you know we can have a JavaScript version of the QNet FTP 
uh, module. And then it's going to behave exactly the same. Nobody's going to notice any improvement or anything because it's not going to be faster or anything. Right. Uh, The only difference is it's not going to be written in Baja. Right. And then I can someday when I'm drunk just delete all the Baja and commit that to CVS (laughs) and it'll be great. Yeah, hopefully we'll. And then I'll call it SBBS version four. I'll probably update the version number two. <laughs> this will be after we've already had a big fight and don't talk anymore. No, no. <laughs> well, that's the only reason why you do that. After that, we'll have a big fight and we won't talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let anyway, me see. Anyway, anyway, do we have any other <laughs> questions? Okay, so written questions, that's it. Um, I, that I recall anyway, and I actually made a note of that one. Mm. Um, let me see. We have uh, some voicemails we can listen to. Sure. Can okay. we make fun of them? Probably, yeah, sure. All right. I, I don't know if they're worthy of fun, but we'll see. Right. right. They may not be worthy okay. of our wit. Hey, everyone. I spot human fly here. I was uh, actually calling to ask a question, and my question was uh, huh? related to Synchronet builds for popular Unix and Linux distributions. Um, one thing I was thinking hmm. uh, quite some time back and even now is that I think uh, accessibility for budding sysops, especially uh, even the Linux ones, uh, would really appreciate, say, Ubuntu, SUSE, Red Hat, or CentOS uh, versions being uh Prepackaged and ready to go. Um, it could be really useful. It could ease the installation process. And I was just uh, wondering mm-hmm. what everybody thought about that. All right, thanks. I'm really glad you guys have this podcast going, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Hey, we have the podcast going. So <laughs> we do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but so first of all, I, I would like to respond by saying, what popular Unix distros is he talking about? Like OS 10? Like, cause that's the only, <laughs> that's the only popular Unix distro okay. I'm familiar with. Yeah. He, he may, I think he means Unix like, well, he said, and Linux. So yeah, Unix I and mean, Linux distributions. Right. Yeah. And the only popular Unix I know of is Mac OS. Cause you're, you're not considering FreeBSD popular. It's not Unix. Oh, I thought it was. No, no. Really? Really. There's been Unix is based on it, such as Mac OS, but FreeBSD is not Unix. Oh, I didn't know that. E- even though, even though BSD was yeah. actually, you know, some patches to Unix, right. um, it was never Unix trademark. Okay. Uh, well, going with the spirit of the question, right? Please do. Think, yeah. yeah. What, what I he's think asking is is why, um, or would it be good and and uh, yes, to have packages, and why don't we? Um, so I think a couple people have worked on packages, maybe not for Synchronet entire, but uh, certainly for Sync Term. Well, so uh, I know that there was some work for Synchronet on Debian, and um, that rings a bell. The the basic so there's a number of problems with that. Cryplib was one, but Crip I think Lib that's, is, that's solved is, is now, one right? of them. No. It's not solved. It's still oh, so it's a licensing issue, right? They they went through and they read the the headers and the files and they said, "I don't think that this license is valid." And it's like, okay, I'm not going to hire a lawyer to prove you wrong. So, all right, that's fine. Um, so there was that, and then it was like, okay, we'll just remove Cryptlib. And then you know there was the Z modem thing, but then I got the copyrights to that, so that that one's kind of gone away. And then there was talking the, about Z modem. Yeah, Z modem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So the the English word for the letter Z is Z. <laughs> okay, I think we've already had this discussion. Right. Anyway, um, <laughs> that one's solved. And then the other thing was, what are all these subdirectories? They look like libraries, and they should be separate uh, packages. <laughs> and, you know, that's like, oh, yes, because both of the things that use XPDev should just rely on a single shared library instead of a 32K static library. And, you know, so that kind of went nowhere pretty fast. Um, then as far as pre-built stuff that you can download and install easily, that is there. I mean... Not as a package. No, but it's pre-built and you can download it, extract it, and run it. Eh, I mean, it's built for Debian X64. If you right. don't have Debian X64, or the the current stable... Or Ubuntu, build. or at least be able to grab the same libraries. I mean, yeah. you can make that run on a lot of different things. Yeah, um, but it's not as easy as a package. Right. Um, for myself, I'm not um, a Linux user, so I'm not going to do the work. Is basically what it boils down to. But I, I'm happy to help someone else do the work. Yeah. I think the other thing a package could do nicely would be to, you know, uh, automate the system D integration or um, init D or whatever they're using for, <laughs> you know, startup. Right. And, and the logging, you know, facility stuff. Right. And, and sort of the, the whole file system layout of Synchronet is not good for Unix. It's not good, but you you could do it. It could install under opt and totally be... It can't install under opt, but it could install in its own home directory, which just makes sense, right? You you create an SBBS user, you put in the SBBS home directory, everything works there, that's fine. It's it's all doable, but it's it's work that, you know... The problem is is it it very likely, if, if you or I or anybody created a package and submitted it, that it would be rejected, or at least have to go through a lot of thrash. I, I don't know that that's very likely, necessarily. I, I have no idea. But, I mean, one of us could create an RPM and put it on the Synchronet website and say, oh, just, sure. just yeah. add this to your uh, package sites and right. away you go. Right. right. It, that's right. that's not that hard. Yeah. But I personally don't care. So be, I, I, I guess it's something that, I'll put on my back burner, at least as a Debian. I, I would start with Debian since that's what I run. Right. Um, and and then, yeah, they, they could add us to their uh, list of whatever they're called, repositories or whatever, the, uh, it, the package uh, yeah. sources. Uh, and then you could gra- grab directly from us. And then we wouldn't have to be dependent on somebody else accepting our work and saying, okay, this package is acceptable. Right. But So I, th- I think one of the issues with doing that is testing. Right, we we could have it auto generate a nightly build RPM and a nightly build D package or whatever they call them, mm-hmm. um, but nobody who is working on it would be testing it, and I think that's sort of part of the issue. Reinstalling well. it all the time, right? Reinstalling, upgrading, you know, actually using the package and making sure it works, right? Because the expectation from a single package would be it's everything you need. So to upgrade it, you would obviously want to leave the control directory alone and, you know, run JSExec update and all of that stuff. And I don't know that anyone would notice it being broken until it just totally messed up someone's BBS. 
Yeah. Well, that's kind of the state of CVSs anyway. I mean, you could do it for a release. Like, right now, you could do it for a 3.16 C version. Right. And we uh, Synchronet has that, releases every yeah. three or four years. So, you know. <laughs> At least. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Uh, and you could do it. And you could do a package just for the stable releases and then not do another one until there's another stable release. Right. But, but like, I wouldn't do that, you know. Yeah. Because it would be a lot of work. If you only do it every four years, you've forgotten everything. And then you have to go back and, and like, work through it and relearn it all. And it just, it just doesn't seem... But we would totally be happy to find a, a package manager who would do that. Right? If someone's like, yeah, I totally want to do that. You know, they don't have to yeah. be a volunteer. They could call themselves whatever they want. They could call themselves head package dude, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. person is what I meant. Right, a person. A package man, not, not a piece of software, but a person. I'd be fine if there's a piece of software to do it. You know, yeah. as long as I can, like, just say it's someone else's problem and it be someone else's problem, that's great. You know. I know this. You know. <laughs> hmm. Did I interrupt you? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all right. I guess we go to the next voicemail. All right, we kind of covered that topic. Oh, and I—he didn't say who he was. Yes, he did. He's I Spy Human Fly or something. Oh, right. Pay attention, yeah. Rob. Well, part of the problem is he Google uh, Voice uh, translates your voicemails for you. So I'm look. I have the uh, readout of the translates it to what to to text. Oh, that's, so I have that's it, transcription. Okay, it transcribes it. Uh, It does voice recognition and gives me. Anyway, if I let me read it to you. (laughs) Hey, if you want, I saw you my flight here. I was actually (laughs) calling to ask you a question. (laughs) So I don't see I spy anywhere there. You know what I mean? You you should have listened to the message like the rest of us did. I was trying to read it at the same time. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, let's try it. Ruining the the experience. See see if. I can ignore the text on my screen successfully. So Just here, let's take it off your screen. Okay. Uh, hey, hey, Docs. This is Nelgin from End of the Line Bulletin Board. I just wanted to give you a call and thank you for all the work you do on the Synchronet Bulletin Board software. Really enjoy using it. Just thought I'd get your opinion on what you think the relevancy of bulletin boards are these days and why people still run them and where you think they'll be in the next couple of years with. Uh, the high-speed internet and instant messaging these days. Why do people still run them? Have a good one. Well, it kind of cut off there at the end. Yeah. It, it, it said, have yeah. a good one. That's what the translation says. Transcription. Okay. Yes. So, so, so did you first understand of all, who it was? Yeah, it's Nelgen. First of yeah. all, yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> all yes. right? Definitely. A, a big you're welcome. I love to hear people say thank you. It, it makes me feel good. Um... Rob? Yeah. Well, it's actually his name is Nigel, and he's an excellent contributor in his own way to Synchronet. He's As a uh, tester, tested. Yeah, yeah. yeah he Which tests is something that, like I said earlier, months. we don't have enough of. Yeah. Yeah. So he does he does uh, more than his fair share of contribution to Synchronet just through his bug reporting because he's 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 thorough and he doesn't like let up. Like if he reports a bug and nobody uh, says anything, he'll repeat it and go, "Hey, man, you, you didn't say anything about that bug I reported." And that's because we missed it or forgot or whatever. And he'll re- he's a good reminder. And we don't really have like a good system for bug reporting. 
We've we had like three. Nats. We had Nats one time. Yeah, Nats. We never, we nobody really a, used it. Yeah, right. And we set up another one too, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, and then there's Source the Forge, right? We've got the uh, okay. Source Forge. There is a Source Forge. Yeah. But nobody ever uses that for bug reporting either. Yeah, I, I literally use it for nothing for Synchronet. Um. Uh. Yeah. And then <laughs> you can download three sixteen. I think on there. As for the relevancy of BBSs, they're irrelevant, and that's that's what makes them great. Right, they're a little corner of the uh, internet that you can do whatever you want on, and you know it, it. It doesn't require you to learn a massive amount of stuff first. Right, you can set up a BBS in an afternoon, and you can customize it for the rest of your life. And Synchronet's got so much stuff that you can keep customizing different things. It's it's not um, like the older BBS is like uh, Searchlight, you know, where you you get it customized, you'd be done in a month, and then after that, it's just doing the same customizations over and over. There's always more to learn about Synchronet. So I think it's it's relevant as far as something you can set up and play with, and just running the BBS can be a hobby. Um. It, yeah, that that's how I feel about it, Rob. <laughs> I think it's it's different things to different people. Uh, why why do people like actually log into BBSs and oh, do people use do them that? from? Well, yeah, mostly sysops, <laughs> but uh, there are non sysops that still use BBSs. I see from time to time. Uh, and why they do that, I'm not really sure. I don't know. What the interest is, sometimes we get young people and they're like, this is fascinating. I had no idea, uh, you know, and, and they maybe stick around or they don't, but at least they express um, the unique culture or experience that they're that they're seeing. Uh, and maybe that's just really unique to them. You know, all this text mode stuff that looks like movies, you know, because nowadays you usually only see text mode uh, if it's like some, oh, it's hackers, right? So they'll <laughs> scroll a bunch of stuff on the screen and, you know, it's always in text mode. And a lot of times it's like spitting out like a character at a time, you know. Right. And BBS has kind of reproduced that experience a little bit. So you're kind of like, oh, I'm into this underground thing, you know. Uh, and that's the way it felt for me back when I first discovered, only it was for real. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it really was 1200 baud, you know, and. You could read as fast as things would print on the screen. Yeah, and there's definitely a nostalgia aspect to it as well, without any doubt. There is, and for a lot of people, that's their interest. Like, they want to run on, on old hardware, or they want to run old BBS software, you know, that's written for MS-DOS or right. Amiga or whatever, uh, and they want to run old door games, uh, and they want to go over an analog modem, uh, or at least like emulate an analog modem or something. And uh, that's their interest. And, and the, people find it fascinating to be able to, you know, log into like an Apple II, you know, running a BBS or a Commodore 64 or whatever. And just the, the challenge of getting that thing on the internet and accessible to everybody and um, actually having conversations on there, you know, people are interested, people that are into old hardware, old software, that's one realm of it. For me, I find it interesting uh, to kind of take these newer protocols, um, newer being, mm. you know, in the last 20, 30 years. <laughs> newer, newer, like, tell that. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, SMTP and NNTP and stuff and uh, see, oh, how could we marry this with the BBS? Like, uh, I would have loved to do in the 90s. I mean, it was like, you know, everybody kind of had this fantasy of what you a, a BBS could be in the, in the 90s before mm. the web really took over. Uh, and I'm still trying to realize that dream, I guess, you know, and it's taken a long time and, and there's a lot of infrastructure and, you know, we're leaning heavily on Mozilla JavaScript engine and we lean on Cryptlib and we lean on, you know, modern operating systems and right, but that's how software and, development is done now. Right. Sure. But you we didn't have all that stuff everything. available at, at the time. It wasn't there in the nineties, you know, uh, or certainly not in the early nineties. It would have been a lot harder to have all this protocol integration and and uh, interactivity and stuff going uh, back then. And certainly, and we didn't in a lot of cases we didn't have the memory, we didn't have the bandwidth, um, and the so, money. I mean, it, it just yeah. cost so much to run a BBS back in the nineties. Absolutely. I know? mean, I, I spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month just to keep you know five six phone lines going for yeah. a long time. And actually, so what you were saying actually reminds me of a, I guess it's a webcomic? Um, I suppose. No, 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 no. This is completely different. Um, it's IncredibleDoom.com. And I, okay. I would suggest anyone who likes this podcast would potentially also like this uh, uh, webcomic, I guess is what it is. Um because it's about that. It, it, it's, it's about a, a 90, early 90s kid and slow modems and BBSing. And, I mean, there's also very much of a weird human aspect to it. But it's great. And <laughs> everyone should read that. But it's going to take you like an hour. So don't do it right now. Oh, well, <laughs> an hour is not that bad. I mean, I've been reading this book. I'm going to dig it out. What's it called? Hacker... Hmm, I'll dig it out. Let me see. Is it right here? Uh, is it over here? No, it's, it's probably over there. It's a paperback, and uh, it's got yeah. tiny print, so... It's probably available in hardback with bigger print. Yeah, yeah. People. I know, I know. I don't know where it is. <laughs> anyway, it covers... I think it's called Hacker Crackdown. I think it's the name of it. Hacker Crackdown. And it's... It, yeah, it covers um, kind of the big busts and, and media hype and other things that were going on in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, especially mm-hmm. with freaking. It really covers freaking in detail. And it's well written, even though it's a journalist writing it. <laughs> even though it's a professional writer writing it. Right. Well, what I mean is, uh, technically, it, it, it's not like irritating where there's a lot of technical inaccuracies. Uh, he actually does understand the technical aspect and, and gets into it. And he's covering it from the law enforcement aspect. And then also the, the, you know, the guys in land of devastation and all these groups and, um, you know, who they really were, the, the people behind, um, all those aliases and stuff and, um, and what they were really guilty of and what they weren't. And then, you know, the media hype and all that, all mm-hmm. the fear and paranoia. Um, uh, it's been a good book. I haven't finished so, it yet, but interestingly enough, that particular book, was released to the internet in 1994. Oh. So you, you you can actually download it for free if you yeah, want. Yeah, you should. Yeah. 
it's it's uh it's been a good read and um i probably should, will download it so i can read it on bigger print so one of the things happened over the past <laughs> couple of years is i started needing reading glasses damn it <laughs> and and now yeah yeah and now i to, to use a computer really i have to i have to wear glasses i mean i have to have I, to i am really looking forward to hanging out with you in dayton <laughs> this year it's yeah. it's gonna be better we, we, it, it's gonna I'm not going to bring my glasses. Than... Why not? Aren't you going to read anything? <laughs> how, how are you going to log our contacts? Do I do that? I don't know. You should. Cell you, phone. You, you have to bring your glasses, man. Otherwise, you won't be able to read. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's irritating. And so yeah. I've got them on right now, and I've got headphones on. And I'm still getting used to it. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. you know, they, they the, the glasses kind of, like, fall apart after a while. Mm-hmm. and uh, you gotta so, keep them clean and stuff. Do we have any other callers? Oh, that was that was it. Two voicemails. Oh, okay, two voicemails okay. and a uh, tweet or whatever. Yeah, and do, I wanted do, to give are, out the are phone number. Are we on Twitter? Are we on Twitter? Yeah. No. Ah, okay. Um, I want to give out the phone number nine five one. It's on TechDorks.net as well, but area code nine five one five two three seven five three five. So did, so did you choose that number, or that's just a random number that was assigned to you? You, you get a, a choice out of a set of random numbers, and that was similar to my phone number, so I picked it. Aha, so now people can just like try random variations on that and maybe get maybe phone you. We don't answer the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hook my modem back up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, it's the same area code. There's really not too what? many similarities. Is that down. the same it's area like, code? Oh. Yeah, nine five one. I didn't. I didn't realize that. It's, uh, it's How like about the Inland exchange? Empire. Is the exchange the same? No. no, it's not. <laughs> no. I, I don't remember the choices, but it was like. Right. I mean, I could, you could pick any area code. So it's free. Uh, Google Voice uh, Mail. I don't know about making phone calls, but the uh, the voicemail is totally free. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of neat. So if you want, if you want another phone number in your area code, we could create another and, one. And you want Google targeting ads based on the messages people leave you? Sure. Because <laughs> they're going to be totally relevant. Right. Like now, you're going to be like, oh, here you you would like to fly apparently because I just got off a fly. Yeah. <laughs> one yeah. thing. One thing. Oh, this reminds me because now I see bass guitar ads everywhere i go because i bought a bass guitar online right so clearly you want to buy more <laughs> exactly right? because that's how targeted advertising works right but last since the last time i talked i bought well I, I one of them was a gift but you know it's my wife so right yeah. you've acquired <laughs> yeah uh you're gonna give a number christmas uh i got a um it's a squire uh, jazz bass because i already had a p bass and i got a jazz bass oh okay and uh, emma started um she's my middle child, she's just turned 14, but she's been playing drums and jazz band and, and, and uh, concert band in middle school. And now she's um, also playing bass guitar. And I bought her a um, Squire Bronco, which is like the lowest end Squire you can get. It's a short neck Like bass. from Walmart? No. No, no, better than Walmart. You, know. you can buy Squires at Walmart. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, well, then maybe you could. I don't know. Uh, I got this one used. <laughs> Um, but it was like just to kind of see if she was interested at all, and then right. we're going to donate it at the end of the school year. Well, it turns out she is interested. She does have a, a knack for it, even though she likes drums a lot better. She's still, you know, uh, learning all her scales and songs, and and uh, so I got her for her birthday a Mustang Fender Mustang uh, bass, which is a short scale, um, 
but you know, real right. Fender. Nice, yeah. nice bass. Sounds good. Looks good. Anyway, once you buy something online, then all you do is see ads for that thing that you bought. You know what? The the okay. the Fender Square Bullet Mustang. Oh, that's a guitar. Okay, hold on. Yeah, they don't make a Squire Mustang anymore. Okay. They well, they they make a, a Squire Bullet Mustang, which is a guitar, and yeah. Walmart has it. Okay. Just like the Bronco. No, this is a no. They don't make a Squire Mustang anymore. This is a Fender Mustang, so it's made in Mexico instead of Indonesia or China. Or really. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, her her guitar is actually nicer than mine. But uh, well, a you're real a drummer. Jazz, a real Fender jazz bass. Yeah, and I'm a drummer anyway. But yeah. uh, the, was a drummer the real Fender jazz guitar. bass is like two grand. So I wasn't gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought three basses since the last time we. Did a oh, so actually, I guess they're right to continue to advertise bases to you. That <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah, they see a trend. Yeah, yeah, you're not just buying one base. Yeah. Um. So what's happened in technology? Facebook looks like shit now. And what? Ca- what? You mean like when you use it? No, the whole data leak thing. <laughs> Serious. But that's not new, though. They they used to do that as yeah, a matter but, of... Yeah, but now you know it. their business model. Now you know it. And, yeah, yeah. you know, and they're doing things like Zuckerberg, or what, however you pronounce it, um, he gets to delete his messages to other people, but he never right. deletes any other messages. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Spectre and Meltdown. Boy, was that exciting at work. No, Ugh. tell me about it. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Spectre and Meltdown? No, I don't know it. Wow. So, <laughs> okay. Is this mainstream news? Yeah, like, seriously. Wow. So, like, every Intel CPU made in the last 20 years sucks. Oh, okay, yes, I do know about this. <laughs> okay, that's that's yeah, that's kind of old news, okay. I, I don't remember it being called Spectre, but, okay. Well, are these two different bugs? Meltdown's a separate thing? Well, or is it the yeah, same? Spectre and Meltdown are two different ones, but they were released together. And actually, there's two Spectre attacks. So there's Spectre 1, Spectre 2, and Meltdown. And and basically, the fix is to slow everything down. Right. Well, not everything. Yeah, no, literally everything. Yeah. Well, everything that uses the kernel or allows um, arbitrary code to run. So, basically everything. And that was huge. You know, yeah. and then recently, Intel has announced that they're just not going to fix some other stuff. Right? They're, yeah. they're not going to do any microcode updates to some stuff. So, that's that's been big news. Um, what are and these? And that was things? big at work, you said. Oh well, yeah, because my new job is is it a CDN, right? Yeah. So we're always, you know, right at the ragged edge of what our hardware can do, and and that's how we provision is is based on peak load. We need to be able to do this. But is that security risk a real risk to your business, or do you not care? Well, yes and no, right? I mean, all security if you don't run risks. VMs, what, what, it's I it's mean, not uh, just VMs. It's literally any code running on your machine can steal uh, bits from memory anywhere else on your machine, right? Yeah. Like, including kernel memory. So, user code, right? You can have the, the lowest privileged user in the universe running arbitrary code, and it can steal the contents of memory of any process running on the same system. So that's that's like super Wasn't major. Wasn't it like a certain window of time though? Like you know, while it was in invalidated cache memory or something. Right. You, you can only read like one bit at a time. Yeah. And and it takes an extended amount of time, but you can still just read memory. 
right? So if you're on the same system as a web server that has a private key, you can totally read that private key eventually, right? Yeah. Finding if you know it, where to read. No, you know how to I mean, you, it. Can, you can always yeah. find it too, right? Because you can read the kernel data structures. So you can actually read the entire process uh, memory layout, mm-hmm. find the process, uh, find it in memory. I mean, it's, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we... <sighs> Well, okay, we, we do allow some customers to run arbitrary code, too. But, I mean, they're trusted customers. <laughs> but it's like, this turns any exploit into a game over exploit, right? It's like, well, first we do this, and then we get to run as this unprivileged user, and then, boom, meltdown, now we have everything. So, well, I know there's, there's theoretical No, it's not theoretical. You but... can download an exploit that'll read any bit of memory you want. Okay, so they're in the wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's major, and and I mean, so you do want it patched because otherwise it turns anything into everything, right? So yeah, it, it it's big, and we need to fix it. And it's like, crap! Now we need to buy fifteen percent more systems. You know? Mm. So, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's that's bigger than than the Facebook deal. Well, I, I don't think the Facebook things. Uh, apparently, a lot of people were surprised, hmm. right? Uh, I mean, they, they, well, because, you know, they're making a big deal about it because it ended up in the hands of the Russians, supposedly. That's not the only reason they're making a big deal out of it. Now that people are looking, they're actually downloading their thing. And they're like, so the, the first thing that happens when you download Facebook to your phone is it says, Hey, do you want us to track all your, your SMS too? Cause it'll be awesome. And so I guess a lot of people say yes. And then Facebook gets all their SMS. Or metadata. It just, who, it just knows who. Yeah, the metadata. No, knows who you talk to, so not what you said. If you combine it, right? So what it's actually asking is if you want the SMS messages themselves to go through the Facebook app. Is this only on Android? I'm pretty think... sure it does it on on iPhones too. But it it okay. it asks if you want to get your text in Facebook Messenger. Yeah. Which means your texts are in Facebook Messenger. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which yeah, means pretty, Facebook yeah. has them. So, you know, people are actually looking at the data and they're like, oh my goodness, it's got all this stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, that's because you told them they could have it. I downloaded mine and I, I didn't have that going on. Um, right. I don't know if it's because I use an iPhone or I just opted out when. Right. When it's it's not an question, auto opt no, in or anything. They very yeah. much ask you the question. And, and I guess a lot of people are just used to tapping yes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I do, too. I mean, it happens. You know, yeah. you, you've just kind of, you're in a rush. You're like, I, I just want to get this thing going, this app going. Right, I, um, I just want to quickly I'll, get on yeah. FaceTime or whatever yeah. the Facebook chat oh, is. Oh, crap, it's asking me a question. Yes, yes. Yes, get, yes, know, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll deal with the consequences later. Yeah, that's I'll like, disable that that's, stupid That's like my later. banking app wants to access my camera. And it's like, no, you can't access my camera. Why would so you can take pictures of checks and auto deposit over the over your phone? I don't get checks. <laughs> well, when right? you do, this isn't it's a nice useful not thing to have to, to go down to the bank to do. It, you know, save well, you time. Then I'll let it use the yeah. camera. But until yeah. I need that, I don't want yeah. it using my camera or looking yeah. at my contacts. You don't need to look at my contacts. You yeah. don't need this stuff. And you say no, and then you you can't even find the the closest ATM. 
right? It's like, where's the nearest ATM? Oh, you need to give me this permission to see your camera before I can tell you where the nearest ATM is. And it's like, fine, I'll just go to the yeah, website. To <laughs> Hold your camera up out the yeah, window. It's like, oh, there it is over there. <laughs> oh, augmented yeah, reality. You know. That's where I that tree. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the permissions stuff is yeah. crap. But that's just because no one cares, right? Yeah, most people don't care. Yeah. Most people want to be uh, well-known or out there and open and on the internet. And, well, no, um, they just want stuff to just work, right? That too. It's, it's not even a matter of that. It's like, no, yeah. I just want to find the nearest ATM. Sure. But you also, you can but you also have do whatever you need every, to do. You know, people that want to take a picture of everything they eat and every clothing, article right, of clothing they, don't, they wear. They don't want it and, on, you know. on their bank, right? It's, I don't <laughs> Like that's not why you give your banking app permission to access yeah. your cameras because you like taking pictures of your food. <laughs> it's like uh, upload uh, this to Chase. Weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just people want things to just work, and so they're willing to yeah. give up all the data. Yeah, for for convenience, and that's right. you know, and there's definitely going to be worse things that happen as a result of all the connectivity and technology. Um, worse than what? Worse than things that have happened already. Um, I, I some pretty you know, the, terrible the, things have already happened. Well, just just hearing what ha- what you have to go through to like charge a Tesla, for example, like all the systems that have <laughs> to be working, and you know you have to opt in and sign in and have to have this connectivity and this app on your phone and and this card for this thing, and you know. It just seems like a, a, a house of cards or, a, you know, a, a stack of things that have to work. And when one of those things doesn't work, now you can't charge your car. Yeah. You know, that's... Now, granted, I don't own a Tesla. I'm not, you know, <laughs> speaking from firsthand experience or anything, but I've just, I've heard, you know, oh, you have to belong to this, this system and have this card and you have to have yeah. cellular so, connectivity. So what, and, you what know. is your iPhone now? What model is oh. it? I still have a 5S <laughs> oh, as an my. agent. Like, and that's that's your daily caller. Yeah. Only only phone. Wow. I recently bought a new phone. Okay, what'd you get? I got a Pixel 2, actually. Oh, it's a Google phone, right? Is that Google? Yep, that's Google. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I upgraded from my Windows phone. And <laughs> it's, in a lot of ways, it's not an upgrade. Yeah. Honestly, it is more awkward to use than my Windows phone was. But unfortunately, the the biggest problem with the Windows phone is it didn't do anything. It's not well supported now. At all. I mean, like, yeah. the Uber app still used the old Uber logo. I didn't know there was a new Uber <laughs> logo. I called an Uber, and these things with, this like, this weird iris-type aperture logo showed up and i'm like is this my uber yeah the license plate it's a is, circle right? with a thing with a square and the line right but right? my app still yeah. had the big u oh yeah still did still did yeah. in the day yeah. that i shut down my phone like a I'm couple months ago worked. i was too and it didn't really work that well i had to call an uber and it maybe it was a, trying to remember i was in a rush or i had to make a flight or whatever and i was you know trying to call the uber and it said oh you have to update your app before we can do this right and of course I didn't have Wi-Fi connectivity. I was at the airport or whatever, and it was taking a long time. And it was like, uh, here I am dependent on this chain of communication and technology. That's right. just, it's going to fail sometime. Well, especially and, if you stick with your iPhone five, I mean, really? <sighs> well, I, I, I went to the, uh, Apple store. They said they'd give me 
50 bucks for it. Wow. Something like that. 64 bucks? I forget. Anyway, so how much did you put a new battery in? They said 85. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not that hard to put a new battery in those older ones. Yeah, well, I don't know. And then I do went you, to Do you, uh, you want to know what I'm doing right now? Like 15 bucks for it. Do you know what I'm doing right now? No, what? Taking the battery out of your phone? No. So I just noticed that my mouse didn't move to the left properly. So what I did, and I'm not lying, what I did is I flipped it over and I took the mouse ball out. And I, cleaned, <laughs> and I cleaned the little rollers. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. No, no, I still have some, some ball mice around here, but they're not plugged into computers. They're not in use. Right. So this, this is actually a Sun mouse. Wow. Um, and the reason I use it is because it always works, and I don't use a mouse pad anymore. So, yeah. you know, it works on my wood grain uh, surface. And yeah. I've... The, the the most irritating thing is that it doesn't have a scroll wheel on it. Oh yeah, that would be irritating. And that is becoming or a third probably a third button either. No, huh? no, it's got three buttons. It's a sun no, it's mouse. Button. It's okay. a Unix oh, mouse. Yeah. Of course it has three buttons. <laughs> God damn it. Um but it doesn't have a scroll wheel, so I actually have a USB mouse hooked up that is a laser mouse just for the scroll wheel. So I will switch mice just to use the scroll wheel because I'm too lazy to change my uh, desktop uh, theme to something with grabbable <laughs> scroll bars. So uh, the style these days or is super the thin mouse. disappearing scroll bars. Yeah. Well, here's the problem, and this is a problem with all consumer tech these days. I don't know how to find a good mouse. They're all pretty good now. No, because I have this other one that's also plugged in that's not that good. It's a Dell mouse. It's a Dell-branded mm. Dell mouse. And yeah. it doesn't track as well. It's not smooth. It It's little Teflon pads get dirtied up really fast. I mean, it's not a good mouse. It's light. It's, yeah, it's not good. And so when you go to buy a mouse, there's really no, there. there's like crappy retail mice and gaming mice. And that's it. And I don't want to spend 80 bucks for a mouse. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it is. So I've got like bags of mice that I just grab another one out of kind of random and right. try it. And yeah. Because I don't like it, I throw it away. Yeah. And I mean, I don't have bags of mice now. And it's it's yeah. like, this is this is ridiculous. You no, know, And But yeah, this I mean, sun mice, really I keep coming back to it because side. it works good. <laughs> so that's a technology thing. Um, <laughs> Armadillos on our trousers. That's really funny. Really funny. So, uh, oh, I wanted to talk about a couple new Synchronet things. Oh, uh, one was was okay. the avatars thing, right? I was I was very fond of. Yeah, yeah, that was obvious because you wouldn't stop asking me if I wanted to <laughs> pick a goddamn avatar. I'm like, no, I don't want to pick an avatar. <laughs> no, that was the software. Who who put that software on my computer? <laughs> You did. No. <laughs> anyway, talk about it. I have no idea uh, what it does. Oh. So, uh, you know, I, uh, I had this idea that um, we could have little pictures, kind of like web boards or right. Facebook or whatever. Mm -hmm. we, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it wouldn't be like a high-resolution picture of your face because right. you can't really do that yes, with just can. limited fancy graphics. With what? Sixel. Oh, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. totally. Do anyway, sixels. um, 
And uh, so I started, you know, kind of experimenting with drawing and kind of came to the conclusion that a six by 10 grid of um, uh, extended ASCII with, you know, color, ANSI uh, color um, mm-hmm. was, was doable. You know, I could draw things you could recognize. And um, although I am by no means consider myself an ANSI artist or anything, uh, I did uh, get Pablo Draw installed again and started playing with it again. Jeez, and... draw. Okay, I'll try it. <laughs> Don't. Um, well, Pablo Draw seems to be well suited actually because you can, for one, it supports bin files directly. Mm. So does Sync Draw. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> and you can set the width, so I could you can set the the not screen width, the image width, to like you know, ten cells, like a block scene. And then, um, well, you don't need to do that though, because then you ought. Anyway, you set it to ten, and then it you know you it doesn't allow you to go into an eleventh column or anything. Oh, okay. Uh, and then you just you can do a whole set or um, what do we call them? library or collection? That's what uh, E Chicken came up with the term collection. I like it. Uh, so you do a collection of avatars in a single bin file, and that way you can kind of sit there and just draw, you know, and 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 mm-hmm. copy and paste and kind of come up with a theme. And you know, like I have a Star Wars collection, and I have um, a collection of. What I own knives and guns and stuff. I called dangerous things, and then um, Kirkman. Uh, his real name escapes me. I'm sure he has one. All, most people do. Uh, yeah, he did the parallax ANSI and everything. Oh yeah, that's um, Kirkman. Yeah. Anyway, he did a, a whole set of facial avatars, which are really cool. Um, different color, you know, hairstyles and stuff, glasses and not and all that. Female, male, all kinds of facials. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so we have like I don't know, like 150 or 200 avatars now. Anyway, you pick an avatar, or you can upload your own or customize one if you pick it. Like I have uh, a ham rig one, and a couple people have chosen that one, and they put their call sign in the in the avatar. Oh, fancy. Uh, anyway, and then when you post messages, uh, and somebody reads your messages, any messages you posted, even if you posted them previously, uh, your avatar shows up in the header of the message. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also files you've uploaded. If somebody looks at a file you uploaded, it shows your avatar. Uh, yeah. If you uh, add a BBS um, listing entry, your avatar will show up there. And it's all networked um, over DoveNet. So as long as you're on DoveNet and your BBS is on DoveNet and you've connected and you have the avatar stuff installed, which is really easy because mm-hmm. um, I started doing this thing with JS Exec where you type JS Exec in the module and then install, and it does... And, the, and that, that is based yeah. on the config library that you hate. I hate it less now. <laughs> um, like, its very existence pissed you off for a while. Well, because I knew what it did was wrong. <laughs> I just assumed what it did was wrong. And uh, credit to Matt, he did more things right than I expected. Uh, the only thing that, that I, after I started really playing with it, the one thing that, um, well, it was incomplete, first of all. Right. It only did yeah. externs and... It only uh, did the things they needed, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he named all the the properties after the C header file rather than the JavaScript object model. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you access those same configuration items using the the supported JavaScript object model, they had different names. You know, it was, it was settings in the object model, and it was misc if you went through his config library. Um, so I, I recently changed that. So now it's it's synchronized with the JavaScript object model. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. Um, he was okay with that. Um, but it means that if, if somebody was already using that, I think it's called cnflib.js, mm-hmm. um, which the, um, what's that, O, uh, center of awareness? Yep. That's it. If, if you're on that center of awareness BBS network, then they may have to update 
some of their scripts to uh, use the new property names. Mm. Uh, but that, other than that, it was, uh, and I added, you know, support for um, message messages or um, I don't know what was missing. Some some con- configuration files weren't ah. uh, represented there. Right. And I added that support. Maybe it was chat. I don't remember. But uh, now it's a lot easier to install modules because it'll automatically create timed events. Right, and and that was uh, something that I talked about before is having like an install feature for things where they can install themselves, and that's that's what this provides now. So you you yeah. can actually write a script and have an install thing that installs right. on your system whether you want it to install or not, like what happened in Bink Bink P or Binkit. Binkit, yeah. yeah, Binkit now has which Binkit is a Bink P mailer, Fidonet mailer for internet. Um, that uh, you wrote yeah. in JavaScript like three years and ago, and nobody used it. <laughs> I, a few people used it, um, and I I had it on my to do list to you know switch to it from Big D, and mm-hmm. I did that uh, what I don't know a month or so ago, a couple months ago, and then I you know made the install part, and you know we at, um, at which point yeah. you then managed to install it on all my BBSs again, which was very surprising to me. <laughs> When so I had configured it and I'd used like the names as they are on the wiki. In fact, the wiki was just like a copy paste from my config. And then you know I noticed these uh, Binkit stuff running with different event names, and I'm like, what is even happening here? And I go in and in my <laughs> config, there's like these two new all uppercase events, and it's like I never do all uppercase because that looks dumb. And <laughs> it's like you mean the name of the code for the event? Yeah. I didn't know you had lowercase as an option. I think the internal codes have to be uppercase. Well, not on my system. <laughs> Any, okay, anyway, okay. so I'm, I'm yeah. seeing these new events, and it's like, what even happened here? You know, I did not do anything. Where did these come from? And I finally tracked it down, and he had already fixed it. But it was like, ah, uh, delete. The, which event should I delete now? It, it was terrible. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, some of your names, I, I like I, for the service... I think you had Binkit for the service name, and I'm like, well, we, we generally use the protocol name as the name of the service, so I changed it to Bink P. Mm-hmm. So you could have ended up with two services as well. Like I did. I, I, and I had, Bink like, P. five different ways of running Binkit yeah. all set up, and it was like, this is awesome. Right. And really, you only need, really, really need two. You need, well, one, really, probably probably only need the outbound one. But if you want to accept well, inbound, you want inbound Binkit, too, yeah, if you want I inbound, mean, then, then you need to run Binkit as a service in Synchronet. Uh, yeah. So that's in the services I and I, and then if you want to do outbound connections, then that needs to be a timed event, and you yeah. can have you can have just a call out, uh, or you can have a poll where it'll right. If, and if you no have outbound, to pull, yeah. fix your link. You know, have have your have your up link send direct to you. I mean, that's the right way to do it. Please do that. Do not pull. <laughs> if you're well, if your up link yeah, will yeah. not send direct they suck and you should find a different one for the same network we also had a problem with authentication for a while no myth yeah. mystic had a problem with authentication we were fine okay right mystic was well, there was broken. a problem there was a problem where it did fail the authentication but we didn't tell it it failed so we'd still receive files and we put them in the insecure inbound right that was a problem. which is not disallowed by the protocol no, but it messed things up for people. So that's I'm not even convinced it messed things up. Like things accidentally worked is is what happened. It's like why no, is this you working? Can't, you can't toss from the in, you can't toss incoming messages from the insecure inbound. It won't. Yes, you can. SBBS, you just, SBBS you just configure it to you. you. 
No, it won't let you. Since when? I used to do it all the time. Well, you have to you have to cheat and tell it that your insecure inbound is actually secure. So then, That's what's the insecure it. inbound for if it doesn't use it? It will for netmail. It won't do echo mail. Uh, anyway, yeah. I think it might have. Yeah, used netmail to... doesn't have to be secure, but echo mail does. Anyway, um, but the interesting thing that I've been working on that I've been distracted by all this people suddenly using Binkit and people suddenly using TLS. Oh, and Let's Encrypt. That's cool now. Yeah. Yeah. That that was just like a weekend thing because I was taken away from what I'm actually interested in, which is sync term. A new sync term release will be coming out soon. Quite soon. Um it's the thing that I'm actually interested in. So so there's a, a few bugs have been fixed, of course. Um and there's awesome new features, right? I've already got like graphics using Sixel support. Um I've extended a, a few other things rob you you kicked in some extra status requests and stuff um there's a lot of cool new things you can do with sync term that you couldn't do before and there's still a couple more that i plan on doing i'm um, actual scrolling regions instead of just line based being box based you can actually have yeah. like light bars supported in sync term um and uh audio that's not there yet though right that's uh i don't think i finished it I don't think I've committed that. Um, that and audio clips like wave files and background yeah, MP3s yeah, are kind of yeah. on, on the list of features that I will complete very soon for sync term 1.1. And it's going to be awesome. Like it, So, uh, yeah, that, I, that's the other thing I forgot I was I want to talk about was the whole font stuff. Right. So I got are, it, are we going to yeah. save that for uh, next week? <laughs> sure. Or next year, or next decade. You sure. know, I mean, well, I mean, it's well, that was what kind of triggered the whole sync term, you know, reinvigoration. Was you know, I was experimenting with the fonts and well, that's, yeah, you know, and, like and that was the thing. I, I'd added a bunch of cool, awesome features, and I told everyone that you know, any any time I got a new feature request, it was like you know, when someone actually uses the last cool new features I added then I'll look at adding new cool new features because, you know, there's still cool new features from eight years ago that, you know, nobody's using. So I'm not really interested in adding features that nobody's going to use. And then, yeah, you start doing the cool, cool stuff. And it's like, okay, now I can do these other things because people are actually using it. Yeah, I was abusing the font support to do images as well. Yeah, but that's what it's for. That's why <laughs> yeah. I put it in there, was so that these cool things could be done, yeah. right? Because yeah. people have been abusing font support for images for decades. So it, it was, you know, something that it, it's it's not new. It's it's not a new feature. It's not a new idea. Yeah. It's just nobody had done it. So yeah. it was like... And, and really, people could, without even doing images, people could just do custom font sets and make really cool uh door game right exactly e even uh, even just yeah. cool things for existing doors like i mean uh ang band and rogue a lot of those games had custom fonts that you can load and would make it cool oh and, do you have those fonts oh, i don't know I had the lore one we have but it doesn't really work that great with the game it's i don't think it works with the game at all i think it's only for the the local version no it works i, I did get it working oh okay it's just odd mm -hmm. that it doesn't actually um 
like line up all the great like when you, you get the help screen it shows you like oh these are what the trees are supposed to look like and these are what bad guys are supposed mm-hmm. to look like and it looks great and then when you actually play the game it doesn't so mm-hmm. maybe you're right maybe it's I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the local screen has it and the remote doesn't. But why, when you do the help screen, it, it gives you like a legend. <laughs> it looks great. Yeah. But, you know, anyway, you use that same font with like Lord, and it, it, it's a cool font just for the text. Right. Um, but, like, I'd like to remap those characters for, for the Beast Domain. Right. Exactly. Because it's got some cool characters. I and mean, and that's symbols. I, I had. So there was actually uh, a door. So it's got War in the name that I redid in javascript and it uses a custom font and i was like there there's an example people can see how cool it is and uh you know okay, i, I, need, to, I need to find out what those are and i want to play with them because I, I, I was really disappointed with lore yeah it's uh, getting finally getting it to work it's and being in the extern so, right so it's uh, underwhelmed so angband you mentioned angband oh it's and, just called uh, war i guess rogue oh okay i'll check out war too yeah, but I, you know, if you log into Vertrowin now, and I think any stock, like if you if you install Synchronet, like from scratch right now, like from CVS, the development build, you'll get like four unique fonts right when you connect. Mm. Um, but Vertrowin kind of uses them uh, to good effect, and you'll see like at least three or four fonts right when you first connect. Right, uh, and then it, when you go through the login sequence, you'll actually get that whole XBin image thing. Uh, where it shows some uh, monochrome pictures, right? Yeah. And, and actually, if you grab a uh, um, recent beta of SyncTerm or build one, one yourself, one dot one, right? If you grab a a, a recent one dot one and you connect to uh, nix.synchro.net, um, you will find a tribute to Rob's XBin. <laughs> I think it was uh, showmanship. Or, it wasn't. Uh, I just had no idea. It wasn't. It was just I had no idea what to do. And it's like, oh, I'll just do the same thing Rob does. And so I found like the original, or in some cases the original, in other cases a very similar image in like full color or full grayscale. And I put those on, and, th- and that's the Sixel graphics I was talking about. And then there's actually some animation after that. And then it goes back to just being my crappy BBS. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 impressive. Um, it's certainly a lot more impressive than what I did. It just what I was happy I, with was I don't know that it's more it impressive because it was much easier to do than what you did. Well, so what I did works with SyncTerm 1.0 from you know whatever three or four years ago, um, and what you did required modification on the client side. But still, it needed to be done. We wanted to you know have some progress right. in the capabilities and. Uh, you know, there was other things that I wanted to do as far as detection of capabilities and state, and we addressed those things as well to make it all more seamless. Mm-hmm. So, uh, even though you know you can see the the multiple fonts and everything, um, we'll be able to make it even better when the with the future version of SyncTerm becomes more um, readily available and prolific. Right, and it I, I fixed a few of the long-standing issues like. Um, the fonts and the menus and stuff and the colors changing when you're using Commodore 64 emulation, stuff like that. And status bar. Right. And you got, oh, new modes, new screen modes, cool, that are really big. Right, yeah, so you... Lots of yeah, characters. You, you can look at more of the, the art pack type of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, hopefully, like, next week, um, when we do the next episode... Yeah. 
you know, we'll we'll have like a much tighter range of time to talk about developments in. You know, I I think part of the issue with this particular episode is just it's been like two years. So it's like, yeah. what what are the interesting tech things that have happened in the last two years? Oh right, and I know. Like, you, mean, you mean they don't involve us specifically? Right. Like I like, mean, like what? Let let's talk about something in tech. Oh gee, oh, yeah. what's happened gee, in yeah. two years? You know, the computer, oh, no. the computer yeah. and software industry moves so slowly that there's only like right. one or two things to talk about. That's it. Yeah. You yeah. know. So yeah, I mean, it w- yeah. Well, maybe we'll address that more in the next episode. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And you know, maybe you'll have more of your cool voice clips and, and samples. Yeah, I mean, I you're know. very light even, on I didn't those. Even hardly get to right, those. Right, like three or four, well, maybe. That was like. Hold yeah. on. Hold on. Yeah. All right, so I'll, I'll start the outro music here. Okay. And, uh, oh, do you want? Do, should we thank the uh, contributors? Absolutely. You you know them. Why don't you thank them? Okay. But know that I thank so, you as well. <laughs> I, I don't know them all personally, but I, I certainly know some of the names. Mm-hmm. Um, PayPal logged me out, so that doesn't help. <laughs> I totally had the list here. Just, <laughs> it was completely ready. I prepped this an hour and a half ago. All right. All right. Well, maybe we'll just do that in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You know who you are. Just no, no, no. I, I want to name them, but we'll, we'll get to that in the next episode. And if you want to be named, then send some money to Rob at Sinker.net. And then you will be granted your name. Yeah. Or <laughs> or it's cheaper if you just call the uh, Google mailbox for free. Yeah, and then you can hear your own voice over the internet. Right, and we will probably mispronounce your name somehow. Yeah, we might make fun of what you say, or maybe not. Well, I thought we were actually really, really gentle on them. Yeah, well, they were good. They were good to talk talking points. Yeah, and if you do want to provide a package for your favorite distro, please do. Don't let us stop you. <laughs> Just do it. I think I think they're asking for us to do the work, though. Right, and I'm saying, <laughs> feel free <laughs> to do the work. <laughs> it's open source. That means it's your problem. <laughs> <laughs>